Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. Back to check this podcast, episode 100, and I thought about doing something special, but then uh, it was a crazy week, and I didn't end up making any super special plans, but I do have Craig Smolt of the Break the Bell podcast. So, uh, Craig, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll kind of take it from there. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, man. Um, first of all, I got to point out, you have said multiple times that you're going to stop giving the number of your episode and you still have yet to stop giving the number of your episode. I've been better, but because I this one is number 100, I thought it was oh, okay. important to point that yeah, out. Yeah, that, that's an important one to point out. This is happy 100 episode. Congratulations hitting 100 episodes. Um, so yeah, that is definitely worth pointing out. I, it just, I was wondering if you're going to say it because I have heard you say that um, you're not going to do, keep doing that. So I just had to give you a little bit of, of shit for that. Can I swear on your podcast? That's the first question. Absolutely. All right. Perfect. <laughs> get that out, out of the way first. So we don't get halfway through and you're like, Oh shit, I got to edit like everything now. Um, like you said, my name is Craig. Um, I'm one of the hosts of the break the bell podcast. Um, we started about a year and some change ago. It was like right after the big, like all the lockdowns and stuff started, um, from COVID, uh, my, me and my co-host Bill were actually co-workers and we just would go and just rant about politics and everything that's going on together. We'd stand in the parking lot of work and just like bitch back and forth. And it's just like, Hey, we should start a podcast and just bitch about the stuff because, um, we're doing it anyway. Um, but the whole concept of break the bell came from like, it, I sat there and like, contemplated different um titles for a show and i kind of knew the direction i wanted to go with it and something hit me this break the bell was um had it's related to the liberty bell and how um people or how like 200 some odd years ago i'm not going to do the math right now but 200 odd years ago um they rang the Liberty Bell for in the name of our freedoms and liberties and stuff, like just declaring that ring it until it cracked. And we're to the point now where, hey, like people aren't ringing that bell anymore. They're just like giving up their freedoms or giving up their li- liberties. And when we started it, it wasn't even like to that extent it is now. We had no idea it was going to be to this extent here, like with <laughs> Joe Biden coming out and saying, fuck your liberties, fuck your freedoms, because uh, it's all about safety. A year last April or June, I think, is when we started it. It was just like lockdowns and mask laws and stuff like, like all the inconveniences that we didn't didn't like. And so people were just giving up their rights. We saw it 
Um, we, we saw the writing on the walls that people are just like, yeah, keep me safe uh, or give me that $1,200 stimulus check in the name of safety or in the name of, of whatever. We'll, we'll just give up some of our freedoms here and there. And we had made the point, I think in our very first episode, it's like once once you start giving up those those freedoms, you don't get they don't give them back to you. They might um, um, make you feel they might take enough away that when they give a little back, you feel like you got them all back. But that was the whole new normal concept. It's just like the new normal was just, hey, we're going to give you some back so that you feel like the government took care of you and you're back to normal. You're not back to normal. You're back to the new normal, which is less freedom than you had before. So the whole break the bell was, Hey, we, we can't keep putting up with this shit. We got to keep on ringing that Liberty bell for freedom until, until the damn bell breaks if we got to. And now we're fast forward a year and a half. And I mean, if you look at April, June, April, May, June of last year, and then look at the the sentiment that Biden's saying today about the vaccine mandates and and all that stuff, and how he's completely dividing us. Calling he's calling the unvaxxed like the stink minority and and shit like that. It's just like how did we get this freaking far? And that, it, it's just frustrating because that's the whole reason we started the show was we don't want people to allow this to get this far. And now now here we are. And the thing on the, as soon as they started talking about new normal, mm-hmm. like anybody that had half like a sense, especially the people like in our circles, they immediately identified like there is no back to normal. Like they're just mm-hmm. going to continue to take more. Like the new normal is just their way of making you think that they're going to give anything back. But anybody that has studied just a little bit of political history knows pretty pretty well that they never give anything back that's that's not in that's not the way that the government operates right i mean you look at federal income tax that was supposed to be temporary and we're still paying out the ass federal income tax you look at um the patriot act that was a temporary measure and we're still living under the patriot act 20 years later they implement this stuff they take away a little bit of our freedoms and there's still people that like the majority of the people still stand up and swear by the Patriot Act. Like, oh, yeah, I would gladly let, um, like, I'm not doing anything wrong. So, yeah, spy on me or do whatever if it keeps us safe. It's like, you hear what you're saying. You hear the president that you're you're setting by saying, hey, in the name of safety, yeah, that's fine. I'm, I, I'm not doing anything wrong. That's fine. But you're just setting yourself up to get fucked over in the future, the near future, more most likely. There is a extreme lack of foresight or which like this is something that I've said for I've, I've been in management for my entire professional career and like mm-hmm. something that you that I've seen uh, a problem with in like corporate settings that I've been in is a lot of times the higher up in management people get the harder it is for them to see anything past what the current issue is right here in front of their face. And so mm-hmm. they look for the solution to the current issue without putting into consideration any of the snowball effect that those solutions might have. And that's what, I mean, that's what government is. Like it's, it's an implementation of a solution to fix a problem that they caused to begin with without right. putting any consideration into all of the other problems that this solution is going to cause. 
And it's it's just this repetitive repetitive cycle of fuck something up, try to fix your fuck up, only to fuck something else up. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, you look at the lockdowns. The lockdowns did what? It caused our economy to go through the floor. So then they open back up the economy, but then people can't survive off of it because we, we shut fucking shut down for six months. So then they got to throw trillions of dollars at it. And then that turns into in like mass inflation. And they're like, oh no, that's that's just temporary inflation. But now we're what, like 20 some trillion dollars in debt and we're still throwing more money on it. And that's that's like minor minor pro- snowball problems. And that's a huge freaking problem. And that's like the the smallest part of it is the the federal deficit we get out of it. And the inflation side of it's not going anywhere. Like that's that's not getting any better. They talk about it being transitory or whatever or you know, that's it's just a temporary bump that's uh that's gonna level out. But it's never gonna level out. Like especially with what do we got? Another what's the uh the new bill that they've got? It's like another three trillion dollars? Yeah, three, three and a half trillion dollars. Like, so, I had heard that one got kind of shut down for the time being for whatever reason. I don't know if uh, I think Trump- right now they are uh, I think right now the left is a little more embattled with trying to uh, push through a debt ceiling hike with the GOP, which they're going to have to have uh, some GOP uh, cooperation on if they're going to get that done, which the GOP will cave and they'll They'll agree to it on some, oh, yeah. you know, reduced level, but it, it's going to happen. Um, like that, yeah, that's how it, that's how they make shit happen. Like Republicans say that they are all about like fiscal conservative or whatever, and they're not going to spend all. So what the the left side does is they throw this exorbitant, like high price at it. Like, hey, let, let's spend nine trillion dollars on this bill, and then the Republicans are like. Actually, no, that's a lot of money. So let's just let's settle with an even three trillion. And everybody's like, oh, look what the Republicans did. They talked them down. No, that's still freaking three trillion dollars. They got what they wanted. It's just like um, a car salesman. They come at you really high and then you think you win by talking them down. But that's probably more than they wanted anyway for the car. Especially when like they're talking about the fact that the debt ceiling, like we, we're hitting the debt ceiling and we don't have this money. So they need to raise the debt ceiling so they can print more money and borrow more money that we already don't have. And then, you know, literally click to the next, uh, the next link. And the next link is talking about another three and a half billion dollar or a trillion dollar spending bill. Like, yeah. yeah, we don't, we already don't have the money to cover everything that we're, we have done. But now you want to also do more. So yeah, I think, I think that three and a half trillion dollar bill has kind of or three billion trillion whatever it is has kind of uh at least gotten pushed to the back burner because they've they've still got to get the debt ceiling raised which the gop is again saying they're they're not going to play ball on but i mean how long have we been how long have we been doing this like the tea party came about on the premise of not uh raising the debt ceiling some like 11 years ago 12 years ago something like that and it like it never has happened. It's always gotten raised. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, and the, the funny thing about the three and a half trillion dollars is that, um, Biden comes out and he says, actually, that's not going to raise inflation because that's going to create all these jobs. So actually it's going like inflation is going to go down be, by printing more money. Right. Because that's, that's how this stuff works. You 
print a lot of paper, the paper becomes less valuable. But because we're creating so many jobs, which the job market is under, <laughs> like, everybody knows the job market, like nobody's, like all the jobs need positions filled. All these private sector jobs need positions filled. So let's go create like a million more jobs. So we water down the job market even more. So then there's less people to fill those private sector jobs. But don't worry, inflation's going to go down for some reason. Makes sense. I talked about, so as soon as Biden's cabinet was appointed, like I, I kind of went through all of his cabinet. Now, like Janet Yellen was one of them that I really hit on a lot, probably more than uh, other than uh, General Raytheon himself. Uh, Janet Yellen was the one that I hit on the most because like everything that she has ever stood for as far as economic policy goes is just fucking abysmal. Like mm. there, there's nothing in her her plans or anything she's ever like stood for that would do anything other than crash our entire economy and the way that the whole thing is kind of built like it's just going to be more inflation more inflation more inflation like it, it's not even tax and spend it's just straight up fucking spend like uh, uh, <laughs> they've they kind of abandoned half of their tax and spend plan and just gone with we'll just keep spending which I, you know whatever that's, if that's what they want to do run it straight into the fucking ground but uh i mean there's a, a small percentage of us that would be completely okay with them running into the into the ground because it's like, well, then we got a clean slate. Let's just start all over again. I mean, some of us out here are just like, hey, if you shut down the government, that more power to us. Um, I don't know if you do you watch The Office at all. Some. Did you ever see the one where Andy was like the manager for like a few for like a half a season, and then he just took off for like four months and the office ran so much smoother without the manager being there because everybody could actually get shit done without the the stupid meetings and like all this like adverted. That, that's what it reminds me of. It's like you, you shut down the government, things will probably run that much smoother. I mean, during the Obama era, I remember when they shut down. I, I mean, I didn't notice really that big of a, a change. The The best part of it to me was I was traveling across the country and I stopped at a state park and or it was a, a national park to camp and there was nobody there. And I'm just like, well, shit, if they're not going to work. I don't have to pay for this. So I just, I just camped for free. It was like free camping for me. So, so it, it was a benefit to me when the government shut down. So there's, there's a lot of us, I think that would see the benefit of running into the ground. So keep doing what you're doing, I guess. Well, you know, I mean, speaking of it on that, from that perspective, like having been, like I said before, like I, I've been in management, my entire professional career and you do see that a lot that like uh there are exceptions i think i'm an exception like i think i'm a, a good manager but th that's part of my management style and also i like the guy that i work for he's a really good manager but that's his management style but on average like people in those administrative management type roles they really fucking suck and they suck the life out of the business and out of the employees. And, and, and that's, I mean, that's exactly what government is. It's just a big management firm that uh, sucks the life out of everything it touches. Like one of the things that we were going to talk about specifically today was the, 
the vaccine mandates coming out and, and the way they're trying to use that for enforcement is through OSHA. Uh, having worked in the agricultural industry, like OSHA is so ass backwards and just completely divorced from the reality of that industry that oh, yeah. it makes the rules and the regulations almost untenable that like, it, it's virtually impossible to actually run your, run your business in a, uh, effective or efficient way because oh, OSHA is so divorced from the reality of the situation and you have to jump through all these dumbass hoops. Uh, but this is, and this is who's going to be in charge of, uh, you know, vaccine mandates and stuff like that. Like right. they're, they're just bureaucrats. They don't actually know anything about occupational safety and health. <laughs> they don't know anything about the industries that they no, know about all, rules. And regulations. Looks, yeah. It's what looks good on paper is what it's like an engineer engineer. I mean, there's some really good engineers out there, but I'm in the t- tech industry. I'm a, I'm a technician and I always bitch about the engineers because they're always like, Hey, this and this and this will work. And it's just like, that will work on paper. Sure. But once you actually get there and like t- put your hands in it, no, it doesn't work. And um, it's all from that perspective. It's all like college degrees only go so far. Like people think these t- college degrees, um, are what you need to be a successful human. But then, um, when you get that new kid out of college that wants to, that goes straight into management, it's just like, dude, what the hell? I saw it in the military a lot. Like you get, um, officers because they went to college, but they don't have, they have zero practical skills and they come in, um, as second lieutenants and they're trying to run the show. It's just like, you don't even have a freaking clue what you're, what you're even talking about. Yeah. That, that was great in college, but it does not work here. So, um, but back to OSHA, what you're saying, I worked for a factory when I was first married and it was, it was a really big factory. So they had OSHA coming in constantly. And I agree to a certain point, there needs to be workplace safety, like rules and standards. I, I understand that, but this company got to the point where it was kissing OSHA's ass so much that they like brought down their own productivity and, and efficiency because there was like a standard where we were printing these rolls of of like wrap like candy wrappers and osha says you can't like lift 50 pounds without like somebody else doing it which okay whatever that's fine so we had these lift things that would pick up these rolls well our company was like since they were kissing osha's ass they're like well we're gonna do them one better we're gonna drop that down to 30 pounds the only problem was these lifts were like um counterweight like hydraulic lifts so they were only they were like made for like 50 plus pounds so you go put this thing on this lift and it would just like jerk it out of your hands and it would almost like hurt you even more it's just like do you understand the counterproductivity here that's going on you're you're taking something that's supposed to be safe and making it less safe by kissing osha's ass i, I ran into the same thing so uh i worked in grain elevators for a long time and one of the big things was loading barges. And, and like one of the big things that you want to avoid is having people falling in the water. Uh, so we had a facility that had this kid that he fell in the water. Well, per the, uh, like the actual safety training for the way you, you know, ha- conduct yourself when you're on a barge, you don't step on kevels and buttons, uh, which anybody who, you know, works barges knows what those are. This kid, like, it's even in, it was even in the safety report, like the incident report, that he stepped on the button, his foot slipped, and he fell off. Well, then they started implementing all these new safety regulations through work, 
because OSHA came in and investigated the incident where the kid hit the water. So they started putting all these new safety uh, procedures in that if you were on the barge, you had to be wearing these like tie-offs and be connected to the barge at all times and blah, 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 so you couldn't fall off. I was like, you are you are literally creating multiple new hazards that shouldn't exist to begin with. And we shouldn't even be going through this because that guy should have been fired for not following the safety regulations that he was taught to begin with. Like, yes. You shouldn't be adding new steps and actually making this less safe for people. You should punish the guy who broke the rules to begin with and let all the rest of us actually do our jobs the way it's supposed to be done. But, you know, the, anytime safety is or you know, OSHA is involved and you start getting more bullshit that nobody has nobody in safety, like the safety guys who were coming up with this, uh, with these new rules for all these harnesses and stuff that you had to wear to be attached to the barge. And they never even been on a barge. They never loaded a barge in their fucking lives. Like, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this isn't helping. This, this is actively hurting. But, you know, you're doing it to jump through some dumbass hoops of other people who also have never done the fucking job. Well, it's like, what's, what good is it to add more rules if you're not going to implement the rules that were already in place? I mean, I mean, that's, that's like every gun law that exists. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, one thing that I had been trying to figure out how Biden was going to um, implement mandates to the private sector, because we're not like every other country. I mean, a lot of other countries say they have a private sector, but they're like the Chinese government or Russia. Like, if you line, You'll find out real quick how much of a private sector the United States, supposedly we still have a private sector. And I think it was back in December, um, Biden basically said mandate um, vaccines. And I was like, he's going to come up with something. And I'm really curious of how I OSHA never crossed my mind that never. And so when I heard that in his speech, I was like, even like there was like Democrat pundits that were like, that's the ultimate workaround to go through the Department of Labor and through OSHA and mandate the stuff through OSHA. It's just like, dude, he that he has like, has to have like an entire force working on how to sidestep the Constitution, sidestep uh, the government. And like it like there has to be people that their daily job is how can I legally push this through without going through Congress or without um stepping on the constitution and it's just like at what point and I, I think i posted this on twitter i was like when you are spending all your time trying to sidestep the constitution you're no longer upholding your oath to like uphold and protect the constitution when you're when you're constantly trying to do workarounds it's like you're you're no longer upholding that oath anymore you're just trying to see how much you can get away with and how many lines you can cross without um people challenging you on that and i mean now i guess you got some people coming out and challenging him but the courts aren't really challenging him on it see i'm wondering how there have been a bunch of states that have what, what is it 20 27 states i think it is that have said like the the state ags have said that if biden pushes this through um that they're going to sue but i, I don't know that any of them have actually filed suit yet. Actually, no, that's wrong. Um, 
Arizona actually has the Arizona attorney general has actually filed a lawsuit uh, to invalidate the vaccine requirements. Uh, So, I mean, at least one of them has taken a step, but, you know, several of them have said that they're going to and and state that they have, uh, like I know ours here in Indiana has said that he has uh, a suit written up and is prepared to file, but I don't know that any of them other than Arizona so far have actually followed through and and done it. I think uh, I think a lot of them are sitting around waiting to to see if uh, if they call call Biden's bluff on it. Yeah, and um, Biden had said something along the lines that like if the state governors get, I'm going to push back against state governors that get in my way or or some something along those lines. And it's just like at what point, um, like you're you're pushing against. The sovereign states now, you're making decisions for them that you were never legally allowed to do. And now you're threatening those governors that, that are actually going to stand. We, we are the United States. We are like individual states that have individual state rights and individual state constitutions and, and certain things were supposed to be left to the states, which the majority of the shit was supposed to be left to the states, not federal, but since at least since the New Deal, well, since the Civil War, I guess, that that's when that really started to ramp up and the federal started really taking more and more power. And then the New Deal happened and um, they started like implementing all these other regulations and stuff. And it's just like when when the president is threatening the, the head of a sovereign state, like, don't get in my way, then then we have an issue. It, it's not like it's not like. When they abolished slavery, because that was in the Constitution, they actually ratified an amendment for the Constitution saying slavery no longer exists. Then if a state doesn't follow that, then you have legal constitutional precedent to say, hey, we're going to do something about this. We can send in U.S. marshals, I guess, to to regulate this and enforce this, but not that was never intended for. Um, presidential executive orders. It's like, hey, we're, we're going to enforce this. What's he going to do to enforce it? Send, is he going to deputize the OSHA officers? Is he going to send in federal marsh, marshals? What's he going to do? So, so that's, I was actually reading an article about that earlier and I've got it pulled up. I've kind of been, uh, kind of re skimming through it a little bit. But one of the big things that talks about with that is they're going to come up against a lot of challenges as far as enforcement goes, especially if they try to utilize OSHA for enforcement. Because OSHA is uh, historically very underfunded, and yes, a lot of state and a lot of state and local uh, like OSHA, I don't know, if, they're not chapters, whatever it is, like the, the OSHA branches on a lot of the state and local levels uh, aren't going to cooperate <laughs> for oh, lack no. of a, a better way of putting it. So, so they're going to run into enforcement issues if they try to utilize OSHA to push it through because there is uh, at least to some extent, quite a bit of decentralization between the OSHA at the federal level and OSHA on state and local levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know a lot of unions probably will push back against this because the unions work on a job. I don't work for a union, but I'll go work on a job and we actually live in a state where the unions get along with the non-union workers in a way where they call you a 
freaking scabs and stuff and then kick you off the but um i remember doing a job here at an airport the union heads would be like hey osha's on their way so um you guys should just duck out of like it was just kind of like a a communicated with each other just to avoid osha at all stand at all costs it wasn't that we were doing anything dumb or anything it's just like we don't want them in our shit so hey um if you can get out of here that's great i I'm the head of this project, but I so I got to stick around. But if I can get all my guys out of here or everybody else's guys, that's great. So I, I see that probably that same kind of sentiment with this is a lot of the people, a lot of the job sites and unions and stuff, they already can't fucking stand the unions in the or the OSHA in the first place. So it's like, good luck, good luck utilizing the least popular government entity to enforce this very unpopular um mandate well and they've already there have already been uh there's already been quite a bit of union pushback and like so the post offices i haven't looked back into this but initially it was reported that the post office was being exempt from that and i'm sure that the postal union probably had something to do with the, the reason they were being exempt from that. And there have been a number of other big unions. Like the teachers union is obviously just a complete fucking shit show. And they've, they've been actually pushing in the other direction, but there have been a lot of big unions that are traditionally democratic supporters that have been pushing back on the mandates uh, for vaccination because their people don't want it. Yeah. And everybody's so far understaffed and uh, underemployed right now. And it's just like, well, you're going to have to lay all these people off. It's just like, I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to lay um, 30% of my staff off because they don't want to get vaccinated. I mean, I'm already having a hard enough time finding people to fill positions. So then add 30% more positions that I got to go fill somehow. I mean, good luck, I guess. And there was another one. Um, federal judge had blocked the the requirement in the state of New York for healthcare workers to be vaccinated. And I, I didn't. I just saw the headline. I didn't get a chance to actually read into that one. But uh, I, and and that's that's another that's another field that has seen a lot of pushback is the medical field. Like the. These are the people who are exposed to this the most and, and they're pushing back on these mandates. Like it's like they, they're the ones that see what's actually going on. And if they're like questioning these vaccines, then, then there might be an issue here. Or even if not, there's a lot of people that are pro vaccine that are pushing back against this because they, they know the bad precedent that sets by allowing this president to come in and be like, no, you're all going to do it because I said so, because my authority gives me the right to do as your president. How many times did he say that in that speech? As your president, I have the authority. It's like you sound like a person with no power if you have to proclaim your power as many times as he did in that speech. And so a lot of people are just like, I have a vaccine. I'm pro vaccines. I just don't agree with this at all this is totally unconstitutional and it doesn't matter my beliefs in the vaccine it it has to do with how constitutional this is exactly and, and like 
Was it you? You might have been the one who commented on it. Like, uh... oh gosh, now I'm drawing a blank on what the the exact thing was. It was uh... now I lost my place. Anyway, <laughs> see, I've been drinking too much today. I've got this. Uh... That's all right. Anyway, uh, yeah, like, and and all the pushback that they're getting, uh, it's it it, it kind of makes you like, it, or at least it should, it should make people think like, why, why is this like, why are these people the ones that are pushing back the most? And, and like, there's always the uh, they talk a lot about the number of people who are uh, like on the lower end of the education spectrum that don't want anything mm-hmm. to do with the vaccines. But then if you look at the completely opposite end, like the people who are actual scientists, PhDs, physicians, mm-hmm. like the ones who are on the, the very top end, like, yeah, the average uh, high school graduate to bachelor's degree, they all tend to lean towards uh, being a little more pro-vaccine. But if you look at the people who are like the the high-end PhDs, doctorates, uh, physicians, scientists, like the real, the really intelligent ones, mm-hmm. they really don't want anything to do with this, with this stuff. So it should really make people think like, uh, okay, the, you know, the way that bill, cur- bill curves works is mm-hmm. all the people in the middle seem to go along with it. Those are all the people who have got the highest level of government indoctrination. I, mean, I was going to say that it, it, it's, makes you wonder how much indoctrination is involved in that when there's that middle like high school to through state level college like state university um education levels and they're the ones that are all straight on board with it but the people that haven't really finished which for whatever reason you can say oh they're just uneducated but then like you said what about the doctors and the lawyers and stuff at that went on to private schools and actually maybe got some kind of actual education and maybe learn to think for themselves instead of just thinking what you're told to be thought told to think. I mean, I, I never even like that never even really crossed my mind, but that, that is very interesting how that works. Yeah. yeah. Um, stats was, stats was one of my favorite courses through, uh, in college. Like I, I was a big, I was a big math nerd in high school. And then when I got to college, I really enjoyed the, I really enjoyed the statistics classes and the way you can manipulate statistics to, to tell a story, whether you're, uh, whether you're telling it the right way or not, you can use statistics to really, uh, really mess with that kind of stuff. Right. And, and they use those. I, I mean, they are good at it. They're very good at it. The, especially the, you know, the corporate press of using statistics to paint this really specific picture that if you back out and you take a look at it from that, that thousand foot view and you don't look just at the specific, you know, detail that they're pointing out, but you look at all of it as a whole, like, well, that paints a completely different picture, but mm-hmm. the average person and, you know, According to the ones who are in that, uh, you know, in the bell, um, you're not allowed to do your own research. Like, okay, that's like, that's your fucking indoctrination going through. Like, 
you absolutely can and should do your own research. Like, like when I say I'm, I've done my own research on this, I don't mean that I physically conducted an experiment here in my office. And, you know, like there are very intelligent people who have done a lot of studies and research on this kind of stuff. And I'm able to read at higher than a third grade level. So I can look at that stuff and, and figure stuff out from it, you know? Yeah. And back to what you're saying about statistics and man- manipulating the statistics in the media. I've commented on this many times on my show. I think there was one time um, I was reading something. I want to say it was vaxxed versus unvaxxed. And they had said like the amount of vaccine, like, for example, like among the vaccinated, let's say just random numbers. I'm just making this up. But um, among the vaccinated, 1,400 people have been hospitalized with COVID-19. But among the unvaccinated, 200,000 people came down with COVID-19. That's not even the same thing, like hospitalizations versus testing positive. That, But but that's how they worded it, to make one look so much smaller than the other. And I, I, I was reading this while I was doing the show, and I came across that. I was like, wait a second. That's not even the like you're just manipulating, like blatantly manipulating people. And everybody's going to um to buy into this shit. Like, well, only fourteen hundred people vaccinated. That's so much smaller than two hundred thousand. Well, yeah, but two hundred thousand tested positive versus fourteen hundred hospitalized. That's the difference. And um I, I read another thing. I don't even remember what it was, but it was just like we took a sample of like it was only like a sample of like two hundred people. And it was like and the average blah, blah, blah fell like in this area. But when we narrow down to a smaller sample, it shifted further to the right. Yeah, smaller samples are less accurate. So <laughs> like people who don't understand statistics read that and they're like, oh, yeah, you're narrowing it down. That means it's getting more and more closer to the mark. No, that's getting it further away from the mark because you have a lot of outliers that are um pushing it one way or the other and 200 is way too small of a sample on its own to come up with any sort of results that's that's why in in sports like for batting average they require a certain number of bats for like shooting percentage they require a certain number of shots to have been taken like because the smaller the size the more likely it is to be skewed the but the way they use these covid stats is like they'll take it down to the smallest size possible if it creates the narrative that they're looking for, right? <laughs> because you know th- there's a there's a fear poor a fear porn propagandist uh, angle to this that has to be pushed at every turn. Like you can't actually look at you can't look at it from legitimate uh, scientific statistical analysis type uh, positions. You you have to just trust the science, uh, mm-hmm. regardless of how completely fucked up and incomplete the science that they're using it actually is and i had seen a meme that made the most sense to push back against this whole trust the science narrative questioning science is science that that's science like you test it you question it you test it some more if it's proven true or false even if it's proven true you you question a little bit and you test it a little more this isn't science if you're not allowed to question it. It's just freaking dogma. It's like you got to believe what they tell you to because the science scientists said so. That at that point it becomes the religion of science. It's right. it's no longer science. It's it's just a religion. So, um if you're not allowed to question it then then we're in a really dangerous spot because um 
we're in a dangerous spot when they say that like anything that comes out against their narrative, they just automatically peg it on Snopes as disinformation or on um, MSNBC as di- like if something is against what you say and you can just come out on the media and be like, oh, that's disinformation. I mean, how much power do you hold in the media to be able to be the person that says disinformation? Oh, that doctor over there said he did these experiments and um, he tested this and he found that the vaccine vaccines cause these adverse side effects. No, that's disinformation because because we said so. And there's, there's really no. Uh, oh, it's just been debunked. And that okay. really is that, that really is their their justification for it is because we said so uh, because our narrative the the extremely small sample size that we used for the the research that we did says that that's wrong uh, like it was cool you explained kind of how you uh, came up with the name for your podcast and <laughs> the reason I call mine fact check this is because I got so fucking fed up with everything I would post would get a misinformation or an out of context fact check put on it which when you read the actual fact checker it never fails the first paragraph tells you that this is wrong because of this this and this but then if you actually continue reading and you get into the meat of the article they go on to explain that they aren't necessarily wrong and they don't really have any proof that that it's wrong and that you know it very well could be right and, and a lot of times it even goes on to uh like actually prove that it's right but mm-hmm. but it's nobody actually reads the articles like everybody knows every reporter or whatever media source knows the most people are going to read is the title and maybe the first paragraph maybe and if you can get past that you might actually find what the article is actually about like i i saw an article i can't even remember what it was about but um they did this whole article and then it was proven to be completely wrong. So they put the at the very bottom, they like kind of retracted what they were saying. But the article was still there. You had to get all the way to the last paragraph to see where they kind of retracted what they said that was blatantly wrong. And it's just like, but nobody you don't say at the beginning or allude to the fact that this is complete bullshit. You just wait till the end and be like, actually, according to our sources. Um, this now, oh, it's, uh, I remember what it was. It was, um, um, was it the Rolling yeah. Stone and all the ivermectin yep. in Oklahoma yep. thing? Yeah. Yep. The one where, um, the hospital or that, that one doctor said all the hospitals, they had to send people to like South Dakota from down South Oklahoma is where it was, yeah. um, from Oklahoma all the way to South Dakota to get a hospital room for gunshot victims because they're so overcrowded with ivermectin, um, um, overdoses. And then at the very bottom, there was a little statement that said this doctor, such and such hospital said this doctor hasn't worked there in like a year or two years. And this and such and such hospital says they had zero cases. Oh, yeah. Now you're saying this at the very bottom, but you just did a whole entire article about how this was true. And then at the bottom, you said, actually, this isn't true. And, and, and the hell of that one was that like, if you, if you happen to get into an, a Twitter argument with any of the, uh, you know, the COVID idiots on, on this article, they're like, mm-hmm. well, that was just that one hospital that said that he didn't work there and they hadn't had any cases. That's not talking about all of Oklahoma. It's like, yeah, but if you actually did a little research, uh, 
the original article that this came from was a local newspaper, uh, or it might have been a local TV station. Anyway, it was a local news article about this one hospital, and it was a report from this one doctor. And then Rolling Stone picked up on that and extrapolated it out through interviewing this guy. But there's no evidence that that, that applies to all of Oklahoma. Like, right. he acted like it did. But he didn't have any proof of that. It, it was exclusively based on this one dude talking about this one hospital from this one local news source. And Rolling Stone turned it into a massive story. And then the whole thing is debunked. But it's too late. You know, all the idiots have already decided that that's true. And that like all of Oklahoma is just being overrun with people eating horse paste or something. Yeah. And it's not even just a Rolling Stone. Rachel Maddow picked up on it. All these news sources news sources picked up on it and like when it came out that it was false i'm like oh all these people are gonna look like fucking idiots well to us who know they do but to the people that bought into it in the first place no they're still just the the end all go to for information and it's just like like you said they're just like well actually it's the it wasn't that but it was this what they're really saying no that that's not what they were saying you they can you can justify them all you want to just keep being spoon fed from these idiots that want to go fact check our shit because maybe like a paragraph might or like a, a one word might be a little off. They will they will fact check and say, oh, this whole thing is out the window. But when you blatantly prove them wrong, they won't take the responsibility to retract an article and then release another statement saying, hey, this was wrong. No, they'll just like hide it in the, the footnotes at the bottom where they know None of their readers are going to get down there. Nobody. Unless you're people like us that actually want the whole story and want to actually read into the stuff. No, they, they, they're they going to see what they want to see. And then they're going to be like, yep, horse pace. Those guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> I did a whole episode on horse pace. That was, uh, and it, <laughs> it was I, actually, that was funny because, uh, I was, I happened to be off work that night. And so I was sitting here like, reading stuff and doing doing a bunch of research uh, for that. And I had your episode playing in the background because you were, I got the notification that you were live streaming and I was, I was actually home. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll watch. And uh, you, you were talking about everything that I was reading. I was like, all right, this is perfect. Like I'll add some yeah. of this, uh, like add some of this to, to what I'm going to talk about anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's stuff that need people need to hear. Like, the levels that they will go to to discredit people like they're discrediting fucking Joe Rogan, like the top podcaster in the entire nation. He's what was his freaking um, Spotify deal, like 50 million dollars or something stupid, 20 million dollars. I mean, clearly this guy has some kind of credibility in the industry. And then he comes out and he didn't even say, guys, the vaccines don't work. And I don't think he's ever actually come out and said he was anti-vax. He's just a health nut and he knows how to question things. And he just happened to mention, well, I was taking, um, Z packs. I was taking, uh, what was it? Mono, what, what they call them? Mono something antibodies. I was taking ivermectin. I was taking this and I was taking, I was taking an IV drip. No, they didn't come out and be like, whoa, Joe Rogan thinks an IV drip is going to cure. You know, they, they picked up on one, like one word stood out to them and they ran with that shit and made him look like a fucking moron. And then he turns around 
what was it three days later? I was like, guys, I tested negative. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. And it's like, oh, um, he is maybe suing he somebody right. for, uh, for slander basically because they, yeah, they basically remember. ran with that he was promoting horse paste and an anti-vaxxer. And he was like, I literally never said any of that. Like this is completely slanderous. And so he is suing. I can't yeah. remember if it was CNN or New York Times. He is suing one of them for sure. I, I saw his episode, his first episode when he came back. I saw a clip and he was just like, am I going to have to sue these people? Because I didn't say this yet. I'm back. I'm better. And they're saying that I said all this stuff and I promote, I, I don't promote that stuff. And it's just like the guy knows his stuff when it comes to like medical, like living a healthy lifestyle. I'm not saying he's like a medical expert, but you know, he has teams of doctors that he was working with. He wasn't just like going to uh, the pharmacy or the farm store and just picking up whatever the fuck he felt like picking up and shooting into his body. No, he has a, he has probably a medical team of like probably 20 doctors that are like, that he's going to for advice. It's not just, oh, he, he's following Alex Jones or, or whatever conspiracy theory and thinking, oh, I, I got a drink. Uh, what was it? Uh, fish tank cleaner that you remember that family that the, oh, the husband died. So, so she wanted to sue Trump because her husband drank fish tank cleaner because I talked about that one. That, that one actually, uh, <laughs> that, okay. The, that one gets like super crazy. It actually turned out. She poisoned him. Like she fed him <laughs> fish tank cleaner and killed him. Like it, it wasn't even a like this guy did it. Like she did it to him. Uh, wow. Basically, she murdered him and tried to get away with it. Uh, like that. That's what it ended up being with that story. Like it was. <laughs> wow. But yeah, that was all Trump's fault, obviously. How, how the tables have turned. <laughs> but they they use stuff like that to support their side. But then they never mention that part of the story. It's like, actually, she fucking murdered him. Right. Oh. And then decided to sue. That, 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 that was what you had, uh, you had commented on, gosh, it might have been my Monday post, um, the vaccine mandates that the Supreme Court had allowed in Massachusetts. The, like, what ended up, <laughs> that ended up being used for some, uh, Yes. As a precedent for some pretty fucked up stuff. Like, um, gosh, what all was it? Like what the one that I had talked about was, um, they used it 20 years later in like 1924. So in 1904 or whatever, there was the smallpox outbreak and Massachusetts implemented a, a mandate that everyone had to get vaccinated or they were fined $5, which sounds like nothing, but that's a lot of fucking money back in 1904. That's probably a couple hundred dollars in 1904. Um, so there was a guy that took it to court because he felt that I think it was a Polish guy or something. And he was like this, this, like we should have the right to whatever medical access to our body. Um, or whatever health decision that should be our right to make those decisions, not the government. And then, um, Supreme Court said, nope, um, in certain cases, uh, basically the safety of the state comes over your personal freedoms. So they pushed that through. Well, then in the 20s, they were trying to or they I think they actually pushed it through um, to mandate that if you had like mental health disorders, certain mental health disorders, you were uh, forced sterilized 
and they used that vaccine mandate. What the judge said there about how certain um, health concerns come before your rights, he used that to push through um, forced sterilization on mentally handicapped people. And it's just like people today are looking back and they're like, oh, they've been mandating uh, vaccines, Claire, back in the 1900s. It's like, really, do you want to go there? Do you do you want like do you want to discuss that debate that because that's been used for so many shitty things since then to be point back at and be like, oh, we can I mean, we can freaking cut people's balls off because uh, this president says that it's just like, how far are we willing to allow this to go? This is a dangerous, dangerous place where we're, we're tiptoeing in right here. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that Supreme Court precedent has been used or that Supreme Court ruling has been used as precedent for at least half a dozen other situations that were just like God awful. Like the I mean, basically, it's been used to justify uh, maiming, mutilating and straight up abusing people on yeah. multiple occasions. But but yeah, that's that's definitely the Supreme Court ruling that we should look at and be like, oh, yeah, that's. That says it's fine. We should definitely go with that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Can we uh, use the precedent of um, forced sterilization on some of these dumb people making dumb decisions? Does it go there? Like, are they like, oh, all these Oklahoma people that are eating horse paste, they're obviously they shouldn't be reproducing. So we should force sterilization. Like, I, I mean, this is extreme examples, but. It gets extreme, really. That was 20 years. They went from vaccines to forced sterilization. 20 years. That's not that much time. Right. And the same people that don't, uh, that don't think that our current Supreme Court should be allowed to make any decisions on anything also think that we should take like very specific decisions that the Supreme Court has made over the last, you know, century and, and use those like at, at least have some. I know this is asking way too much, but you know, at least have some intellectual consistency in your <laughs> position. Like either, either the whole thing is, uh, no good and should be ignored or it's, you should, you know, use, you should allow it all to be, uh, looked at and, and taken into consideration. But th- there is no, there is no intellectual, cons- in, or there is no intellectual consistency when, talking to that side uh, unfortunately i'm not sure they have the capacity well i think the republicans in texas screwed it up too when they pushed through these like super strict abortion laws whatever you your opinion is of abortions i'm not going to get into that but the timing was interesting to me because all of a sudden they pushed through this abortion law it was almost seems like the democrats like took a step back and they're like watch this let them push this through because watch this. So then when Biden pushes through his mandates and they all start screaming, you don't have a authority over my body and blah, blah, blah. They can turn back around and be like, look what you just did there in Texas, though. You set that precedent on your own with the, these abortion laws. And it's just like you didn't do yourself much credit with the timing there because it it was what, four days later that Biden came out and announced this this stuff. And I I mean, like I said, I don't. I'm not going to argue for or against abortion today because that's not our topic and we could go way off track really fast. But um, it comes down to allowing the government to get into your shit. And when we set that standard of allowing the government to get into your shit, then 
They can do they can use the same standard for anything. Like when Biden comes out and says, it's not about your freedoms. It's about the safety of all of us. Well, if he can do that for these man vaccine mandates, then five years from now, when they're trying or couple next year, maybe they start trying to push through um, climate change, like really strict tr- climate tr- change laws, really tyrannical climate change laws. And they're like, well, it's not about your freedoms. It's about keeping us all safe. Or if um, they they continue to push this narrative of domestic terrorism, it's not about your safety. It's not about your personal freedoms. It's not about uh, it's not about your personal freedoms and like due process and constitutional rights. It's about keeping the rest of us safe, and we can lock you up indefinitely if we want. Like you can use that statement literally to get anything done that you want to now, because we allowed them to get away with it with this. I do kind of wonder. I do kind of wonder if the uh, the Texas abortion thing, not to get too far off topic, but I do kind of wonder if the Texas abortion thing was possibly a coordinated effort to put that in front of the Supreme Court to like to try to force the Supreme Court's hand to uh, reconsider Roe versus Wade. Because I, I never actually, I never thought that there would be any chance the Supreme Court, if left to its own devices, would ever bring that back around. Like, there were people who were really concerned, you know, uh, I do have, you know, friends that are hardcore leftists that were really concerned about Amy Coney Barrett and, like, the changes that uh, Trump made with the Supreme Court, that they were going to just take up arms against Roe versus Wade and some of these other things. And I was like, there's no chance. Like, it, they, they won't just do that on their own. But I wonder if there might have been some, uh, some inner workings to try to push that into their lap by, by Texas. I, like I said, that, that kind of gets, cause it's the same way with, uh, like with most Second Amendment laws and, Looking at that, like the Supreme Court has abjectly refused to even hear these cases that pertain to the Second Amendment for forever, as far as I mean, for our lifetimes. You know, they they will not make rulings on that stuff. Like there's some things that they just straight up avoid. And I wonder if this wasn't a an occasion to try to push something in front of them and not give them a choice to avoid. Well, the one in our lifetime, Second Amendment one was they forced all states to have some sort of carry concealed carry law, whether it's like California, where it's damn near impossible, or it's like Iowa, where I live and it's constitutional carry. Um, that was one thing the Supreme Court basically said, hey, you have to have some sort of carry law. That's as far as it's really uh, been affected, as far as I remember. But I don't know. You could be right. I, I <laughs> I don't see Roe v. Wade getting overturned at the courts either way. Even with the Brett Kavanaugh's, the Amy Comey Barrett's, I, I don't think anybody is willing to die on that hill. I think maybe if they push it in front of the Supreme Court, we could see even more shit get fucked up, like them come out and make some sort of standard that we use as as precedent for all these other ridiculous things. I, I, I see 
it becoming more of a problem if we bring it in front of the Supreme Court, then I, I don't see it as, hey, <laughs> they're just going to reverse oh, the current abortion laws. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't either. Like that's that was something that anytime that argument would be made from the from you know people I know that are on the left, I'm like there's there's a zero percent chance that that happens. Like there's no political will for that. It's uh, all just noise, is what it is. It's like yeah. oh, Amy Comey Barrett's going to come in. They're going to they're all oh, these they're going to take away women's reproductive rights. We're going to be put back in like chastity belts or you know <laughs> whatever. Like all the ridiculous bullshit that they throw out there and she never even like at the time was like i'm going to reverse roe v wade that never came like out of her mouth or anything it's just what the left went nuts anytime anytime the supreme court starts to flip or senate starts to flip that's the things they start screaming on both sides like um if the senate flips Oh, they're coming after our guns where they're, they're going to come do mass gun sweeps. And it's just like, guys, you gotta, you gotta calm down a little bit. I, I understand that there are people that want that and you gotta, but this is all distraction to keep you from paying attention to what's actually really going on. Like there, there's bigger shit going on that you should be more immediately concerned about than, um, Amy Comey Barrett flipping on abortion laws. It's like the, it's like the statistics and the COVID narrative, like the way they use that stuff. These, these are the, you know, these are the talking points that they use to keep their, uh, keep their support bases drummed up and, and all, you know, ready to go die on these hills that aren't even going to be fought over, you know, like, well, yeah. My co-host brought up a point this last week about Biden's mandates, and he was like, do you think he's just doing it to get a certain percentage of us like riled back up? Because after January 6th, you saw, or like before, after the election, you saw all these people that were like ready for civil war and blah, 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 and all this shit. And then they started coming out with these warnings of, oh, all these like domestic terrorist cells with the, like hiding within the the United States after January 6th and they're pushing this narrative that, oh, they could rise up at any point. Well, since January 6th, it's been freaking quiet. Like nothing has happened. No, there's been no like Boogaloo Boy movements. There's been no um, Proud Boys movement since January 6th. They've been quiet. And then I, I think there's the people that were pushing that narrative are like, oh, well, shit, this isn't like they're not actually doing what we thought they were going to because if you get these people getting out of order, then you can implement martial law or whatever it is, more more restrictions and take more control and stuff. So my co-host was like, well, maybe he's pushing this to see to get people like back to spring to action. So then we can have this narrative of, again of, oh, look at all these domestic terrorists or all these extremists out there that are are calling for um, mass non-compliance, which how many people have you seen, including myself, that have been calling for mass non-compliance across Facebook? We're extremists by by that book. So I think it's just, it, there's a possibility it's maybe they're just trying to wake up their extremists again. So then they can um, do whatever it is they need to do in the name of safety of our country, I guess. Hey, the whole thing is a giant psyop. 
It is probably. I mean, if if 2020 did not teach anybody that lesson, I like, I think 2020 was a huge red pill for a lot of people because like and like you know a lot of people who normally don't think about that kind of stuff. Like we probably run in circles that that's kind of at the forefront of your mind more often than not is seeing just how shady and dumb this shit is and and that there's usually something behind it more than what the you know the face the story on the face of it is and i think a lot of people started seeing that when you know when you went from covid to george floyd and all the riots of the summer and then right back into covid and then into you know election nonsense and then more covid and then to the january 6th and then as that faded out more coat like that you know they found their uh they found their cash cow at least with with covid but you know you just see it every time things start to lull off and and it gets quiet something new comes up and it's always something like it's always something that in a normal world wouldn't be an issue at all but with the way you know mainstream media and the government kind of spins everything, it turns into something really quick. Yeah, and it's all that you know popular story, like, well, this makes the headlines, and this gets people pissed off at other people. I mean, there's no like trying to find some middle ground here with the media or with politics. No, it's it's heading people against people, and that our own president, like put people against people in his his speech just last week it's just like all these people is basically he basically said you people and like the, the derogatory you people um it's keeping us uh us vaccinated safe from you unvaccinated is what we're trying to do and it's just like it went really quickly from we're all in this together to a you people sentiment like it's us versus you um and it, <laughs> I don't know how many times I can say it doesn't make sense how you can protect vaccinated from unvaccinated. They're fucking vaccinated. If it works, then how are you protecting them from the unvaccinated? And if if the vaccines work and the unvaccinated, if it's just a pandemic of the unvaccinated and they're uh, just a bunch of morons who don't want to take it, just fucking let them die then. Like, <laughs> I mean, you'd think if it's, as bad as they're saying and all the vaccines are so effective and there's no longer a pandemic in the vaccinated just the unvaccinated well i mean they made their own choice to to not get vaccinated so they make their own choice to just die and i mean i'm i mean i'm not i'm not bashing on that i'm not vaccinated so i that means i made my own choice to to die if that's what i want so but to say that we're protecting the vaccinated from the unvaccinated then you're contradicting your statement that it's just a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That was a comment that I, I made on uh, on a post over the weekend. It was like, I can choose how to die. And if I want to die of COVID because I don't want to get the vaccine, then that's my choice. And you don't get to, you don't get to force me to not do that. Like I can die however the fuck I want. Do I think I'm going to? Absolutely not. But you know, if that happens, that's that's the choice I'd make. Like that's the that's the risk I'm willing to take. And you know, we 
everything that we do in life is an individual risk assessment. I mean, when you decide to take a job, when you decide to get in your car and drive to work in the morning, like mm-hmm. when you decide whether to buy that package of meat that's on sale or the package of meat that has, a, you know, today's date on it, you're rolling the dice and you're taking right. a, you know, you're making a risk assessment. Uh, and that's what the vaccine is, especially when you consider the how, how long is the flu vac? How long has the flu vaccine existed? It's like eighty-seven years or something. Yeah. Like, whenever they say if everybody would just get vaccinated, we could eradicate this. Um, the flu vaccine has been around for eighty-something years, and it hasn't been eradicated. So, like, this isn't smallpox. This isn't polio. It is. It's a flu-like virus. Like, right. And it, they haven't mandated flu vaccines at all. And like, I, I don't get the flu vaccine anymore because I've got the, the, the flu vaccine and ended up feeling sick as shit for two days after getting the, the vaccine. Guess what happens when I get the flu? I feel sick as shit for two days. So it's just like, I'd rather, I don't know, like take the chance of not maybe this year, not feeling like shit for two days. But if I get that vaccine, I'm going to feel like shit for two days, regardless. Like, it, and like so, but, I've said it way too many times, but like my mom was a, my mom was a preschool teacher and she got a flu vaccine every year when she taught preschool and she got the flu every year when she taught preschool. Yeah. yeah since she's retired and stopped getting the flu vaccine and been sick, not once. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know it's, you know, it's a single, it's a single incident and you, and you can't judge it, you know, off of that, that very well could be the exception, not the rule. But it, I mean, it seems pretty, it seems pretty, uh, pretty telling that literally every year she got the vaccine and literally every year she got sick. And since mm-hmm. she, since she retired, retired and stopped getting it, she doesn't get sick anymore. I, it just, <laughs> just things that know. make you go, hmm. Yeah. So, it, well, it's like, our biggest argument, I guess, one of our biggest arguments is we don't know the long-term effects from this. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. And people, oh, it's safe and effective and free. Well, they they said that about, by that right, they said that about, like, smoking cigarettes for for stress. Doctors prescribed cigarettes back in the, the 40s. And then they started wondering why everybody's developing these weird lung diseases. And then all of a sudden they realized, oh, this is from smoking. Or... um. There was, I had talked about this on my episode Monday. Um, there was some drug, I can't think of the name of it, that they prescribed to women for nausea during pregnancy. Well, it took them five years to connect the dots between like kids being born severely deformed, like hands just growing out of their shoulders, no arms, nothing. Five years it took them to make that connection between that drug and that deformity. So it's like, you can say all you want that this is safe and effective. We have no fucking clue what the long-term effects of are of this because we haven't, we, I mean, they, first of all, they slam it through in six months. And second of all, it's only been on the market for about six months. So how, how can you, how can you stand up and say this thing is safe and effective when we have no clue? Like, uh, Fauci got up and said, cause they asked Fauci, um, so if somebody has, had covid do they still need to get the vaccine because they i mean should do they have like a certain amount of immunity and he basically said i don't know he's like i don't know the longevity of the immunity built up in your immune system after getting it versus the longevity of the vaccine 
But then you can flip that, too. We don't know the longevity of the vaccine either, because how many of the like top officials were saying, well, in two to three variants, our vaccine is probably not going to work anyway. How many how many of their people said that? So we don't know the longevity of the vaccine. So your reasoning for not just relying on your own immune system, you can't. Why can't you use that reasoning for your fucking vaccine? Because they don't make money off of our immune systems like they do the vaccine. And, and there's already a variant running through Colombia. Uh, I can't remember what the name of this one was. There's already a variant running through Colombia, which they're in, you know, they're in their winter season. So we'll be coming into that. Um, that basically just completely avoids the vaccine entirely. So in four months from now, when we're hitting peak of our flu season, of our, you know, winter season, and that variant has had a chance to make its way north. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, we're, we're probably going to be in the throes of that where they already know that there's a variant in South America that completely avoids the, the vaccine. But they're not going to talk about that. Like, they're going to wait until it actually gets here. And then they'll use that to push boosters and getting the unvaccinated vaccinated again like it's they're not going to actually tell the story as it unfolds in real time they're going to wait until it comes up in the future and use it to spin and twist and well they'll use it to blame the unvaccinated too well if people were vaccinated this would have been eradicated then we want to have these mutations of it and it's it's all bullshit and it's the gift that keeps on giving they can just keep funneling money through it or um, money through the research of it or I mean how many years did Fauci um, get funding for an AIDS cure and how what AIDS cures do we have today and it's funny because then he comes out after um, after COVID and everything and he's like the 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 research that we've done through COVID is going to give us huge extreme leaps in the AIDS research. It's like, dude, you've been fucking researching AIDS for 25, 30 fucking years. What are you talking about? Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> it's, he it's, is... it's comical. It's a clown clown show is what we live in. He is something else. I mean, man, we could do, we could do hours of just on Fauci and Fauci fuck ups, you know? Yes. <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. You got anything you want to like plug your show and uh, anything else you got going on, all your handles on social media and everything, and we'll call this a wrap. Sure. Uh, you can find our show across social media, um, the Break the Bell podcast. Um, you can find most of uh, most of social media. The handle is Break the Bell pod, P-O-D for podcast. Um, I think there's a couple out there that are just Break the Bell. But it, I mean, break the bell pod will get you Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I want to say, I always say parlor, but parlor doesn't exist anymore. I, I got to get in the habit of not saying parlor anymore. Um, but yeah, you can find us all over there. Um, our show is live every Monday night, seven central time on, we stream it live on YouTube. And otherwise the main episode, that episode releases as a main episode video or on whatever podcasting platform you can you can find us basically on any podcasting platform um and then so we have a main episode and then we 
do a weekend wrap up where we just wrap up all the bullshit that's going on in the world. So two episodes a week, we talk about stuff like this that me and you talked about and just basically, uh, we basically bitch about what's going on. And then we also, a lot of times we'll tie like historical background into it, like to show like what we did with the 1904 vaccine mandate just to show like, you know, we can say what all the stuff we want, but you can look back in history to see the proof of some of the stuff. So we like to really dig into like some historical background and stuff. So uh, we got some really interesting episodes. So check us out. Like I said, break the bell pod on most of the social media platforms. Craig, thank you very much for being with me. And uh, we'll definitely have to do this again. Yeah, man. It's been really fun. Thanks for having me on.